many stories from my mom crying to me day and night about my father. And before I continue on, I want to say I'm thankful that my dad right now, he is baptized in Jesus' name. He's been filled with the Holy Ghost. He is a new man. He is a new creation in Christ. I'm so thankful for it. But that wasn't always his case. I remember stories as early as two and three years old of my mom crying to me about my dad and how he used to beat her black and blue. He's broken her arm and cheated on her and caused a lot of turmoil in her life. And from a young age, I had a great resentment toward my father. I hated him. I wish he never was in my household. Every time that he would come to my mom to maybe give her a hug or a kiss, I would remember at two and three years old running to my parents and, and pushing my father away from my mother and hitting him as hard as a two or three-year-old can hit his father. And these are my earliest memories. Growing up, I would see family members who were Christians and on Saturdays or Sundays, depending on the denomination, and Monday through Friday, they, they were heathens. My little inquisitive mind didn't believe that there, there was a God. I mean, if he was real, why wasn't he alive and active in my life? He didn't care about the times my mom was being beat or what anger that possessed my father to cause him to do these terrible acts. Maybe the things that my dad went through, maybe if God stepped in, he wouldn't have became the man that he became. In my mind, my ignorant, childish mind, God didn't care about me. God didn't care about my family. I'm, I was sure, no, no, I was certain that God doesn't care about anyone else either if he doesn't care about my family. Praying every night with my mother and brother and sister, now I lay myself to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I shall die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. My brother and I shared a room and he would fall asleep quickly. And most nights I would think about what I can do to help my family. I mean, I was dreaming like as if I was their superhero. Maybe, Brother Caesar, I can win the lottery and buy my family everything that they need. Maybe I could become a lawyer, a defense attorney, and make a lot of money, and I could buy my mom a house, and I could buy her a car because she never had a car. She was stuck at home and at the whims of my father, and maybe I can buy a home for my, my brother and sister, and, and, and maybe if I have enough money, maybe I can get something little for myself. I mean, I could give to the poor because I know there's people out there that, that are hungry and are needing, and, and maybe I could do all of these great things, and I would fall asleep with a smile knowing that I will be able to accomplish this one day. But every night, these wishful thinking, hope that I would be able to do these things, I believed in it, church. I believed that one day I can do this all by myself. But now, I'm too little. I'm too unlearned. I can't do anything now. One of these nights of prayer, Miko, my older brother, again, this guy loved, he could fall right to sleep, man. And he was asleep, and we got done praying our, our prayer. We prayed every night. But I remember 
I prayed a different prayer once everybody left my room. I said, God, I don't believe in you. But if you are real, I want to see you. And I'm sitting, I'm laying there, waiting for God to appear like the superhero that I believe that maybe if there was a God, he could be. He didn't show up. I started to go down a dark path at an early age. Things were done to me from friends of the family in elementary school and, and the consequences of that caused me to, to do other things to the point where I was scared of my life. At a ripe young age or old age of 10 or 11 years old that I thought that I might have a child coming. I was so afraid I didn't know who I could turn to about this, this travesty that, that happened to me and, and that I've done. I, I found myself in deep depression to the point that I slept 16, 17 hours every day in the summer just to wake up to maybe eat and go right back to sleep. He must be going through a growth spurt, my family thought. I was scared. I was ashamed. I was worried. And once school started, again, to get that attention away from me, I just imagined the dreadful phone call that my parents might receive. Thankfully, that call never happened. And no, I don't have a child older than my son, Theodore, now. But fast-forwarding many years of, of being bullied, maybe because of my weight, or, or being bullied uh, because of my baby tooth that I still have, and, and people making fun of me, and I quickly learned to turn from a victim to bully at time of needs, and I was the one making children upset and crying. I was the one making sure that nobody ever crossed me. Learning to defend myself, learning to fight, learning to, to have a hard shell, learning to protect my older brother who had a mental or has a mental disability, Learning to protect my sister when, when I thought people were doing things and, 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 and hurting her. I grew a callous and didn't believe that God cared for me or my family. I mean, people looking to, to kill my dad because of money he might have owed them because of the drugs that got stolen from him. And you name it, there was no way at this young of an age that I had to go through these things. And I know that there's children in this house tonight. They are going through things that is unimaginable. And it's important for us, those that are parents, those that are responsible for our kids, that we make sure that we stand clear and understand that, that we don't just let anybody around our kids. Amen, somebody. I don't care if they're family. I don't care if they're friends of family. We need to make sure that whatever is going on in our household, that we are protecting them, that we are making sure that nothing bad is happening to them because God has trusted you with them. But the old saying is true to a lot of people, but we don't have a book to teach us how to be parents. We do. It's called the Bible. If you put God first, God will give you wisdom. If you pray, God will give you an understanding. God will give you discernment on knowing whether or not your kids are in a safe place. I'm going to fast forward a little bit, but <laughs> for the sake of time, I was, uh, I'm now in my 20s. I'm 20 years old, actually. 
and less than three months away from my 21st birthday. I've had two relationships at this time, and both of them around three years each, so about 14, 13 years old, I started dating, and I really believed that these, these women were gonna be my wife. I did, because I always wanted to treat a woman better than my dad treated my, my mother. I dropped out of college because the, the depression was crippling and consuming my life. I couldn't focus on school. I ran away to California and I was spending every waking moment high or drunk or both. Pretending like I had my life together and I knew everything and I was okay and I didn't need help. April 19th, 2015, the King of Glory finally answered the prayers of a desperate six or seven-year-old boy. I was in Pittsburgh, California at the time, in my mother's house that she was renting. And we just got done smoking a few joints when something bizarre occurred. I was playing a zombie apocalyptic game, some of us might know it, called The Last of Us. And I've beat this game on the hardest mode already, Bishop, I loved games. I mean, man, I tell you, I beat Grand Theft Auto V in, six, in 36 hours. No sleep. Terrible. But I beat this game, and I was playing with my cousins, kind of flexing on them, and I'm at this level that, for some reason, I can't beat. And every time that I die, there's a black screen that comes up, and it's a tip, and it says, cover the windows. And Brother Brandon, all I could think about was, cover my eyes, for the eyes are the windows to your soul. My cousin asked me a, a, a wonderful question. He, you know, he asked me, he says, hey man, um, where do you want to be? Asking me like how he could help me beat this level in the game. And Bishop, instantly I started crying and I said, I want to get out of here. I don't understand why I'm crying and why I answer that way. But the next thing I know, I'm across my house. My family is staring at me and I'm yelling and I'm screaming. I'm in hell. I'm in hell, I'm in hell, I'm in hell. And my cousin is looking at me like, what's going on? My sister runs out of her room and she goes, was anything in the weed that was laced? What's, what's going on? And I'm in hell, Camila, I'm in hell. And my mom comes out and I would dare never to speak to my mom in any type of way, but I'm cursing at my mom telling her I'm in hell. And mother, you know what I'm talking about, I'm in hell. And my family, they're frantic. They're staring at me like, what is going on? And the next thing I know, Bishop, I'm, I'm raising my hands and I'm saying, God, thank you, God. Lord, I know that, I know that you've been there for me and, and I'm worshiping him and I'm worshiping God. And then I realize, Sister Manishka, that I'm, I'm worshiping God. What am I doing? What am I doing? My family's gonna think I'm crazy. What, what? So I kind of stop and, and I'm contemplating what just happened. Why am I here? What, how did I go from over there to over here? And the next thing you know, I'm, I get hit with an evil voice in my head. A voice that's not mine, Bishop. And, and I'm scared right now, church. And, and then I hear a second evil voice in my head that, that says, he can hear you. And, and I'm sitting there like, I, I smoke too much weed. I'm crazy. I'm crazy now. I don't know what to do, and I'm gonna just walk back to this game, Bishop. I, I'm just gonna play this game again. Forget about me praising God. I don't know what that's about. God has never been in my life, and, and I'm trying to figure out, you know, how I can get back to normalcy. I wanna be normal. I wanna go back, forget about all that just happened, and 
I look over and one of my family members' eyes, they turn to the snake eyes and, and I'm scared and, 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 I'm, and I hear another evil voice. I'm fast forwarding because I need us to understand that there is a real spiritual world out there. There is a devil out there that wants to consume your children. There is a devil out there that wants to put people in a mental hospital. There's a devil out there that wants people to not believe in God and believe that they're done and believe that God can help them. But there is hope in the earth. And that hope is Jesus Christ. That hope is the Holy Ghost. That hope is the truth of the the word of God and people that will stand on that truth and I hear a third evil voice and this voice was authority like he owned me and he says Naeem you need to kill yourself so I'm looking around I'm like how I'm looking at things and I'm wondering things and 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 brother Alden I, I I end up unsuccessfully trying to kill myself and my family jumps on me and they're holding me down and and in a different voice and maybe I was possessed I don't know but in a different voice I, I tell my cousin Elijah you need to help me kill myself and he is crying I can't I can't help you and, and he lets go of me and I try again unsuccessfully and they're holding me down and brother Malachi I'm bombarded with hundreds and hundreds of voices of things telling me that I never should have been born my mom should have aborted me nobody loves you nobody's ever going to be there for you you are worthless you all those dreams you had when you were a child that's never going to happen that wishful thinking your parents are never going to be good they're never going to do anything and I'm sitting there like I'm crazy I pass out but I'm I'm semi-aware of my surroundings and I'm sitting there for maybe an hour or two. I, I don't know. I could have been there for a week. I really don't know. And I come back to and I remember worshiping God. I remember before all this terrible stuff happened, I, I was worshiping God. And the first thing I told my family, I said, listen, the devil is trying to make me unreliable because you guys aren't going to believe me. But there is a God out there and he's reaching for me right now. Amen, somebody. My sister, she, she was seeing a, and Sister Camila, hopefully this is okay, but she was seeing a, a therapist at the time, and she was taking medication for whatever she was going through, and she told her therapist what happened that night, and they said, yeah, that's onset schizophrenia. He's, how old is he? He's 20 years old, and oh, he was smoking weed, and yes, he's a schizophrenic. He needs help, and what? He's going to tell you now about God? Uh, don't listen to him, because God, that's what schizophrenics talk about. He needs help. He needs pills. He needs all these other things, but that help that she was trying to feed my sister, when she brought it to me. I said, Camila, no. I need to, we need to find God. I started praying. I said, God, I don't know if you're Allah. I don't know if you're Buddha. I don't know if you're Jesus, but God, I need to find you. So I shared, amen. I shared what happened to me this night, and I didn't even disclose all of the information that happened that night, but I shared, I told God, I said, God, I'm going to share what happened to me this night, April 19th, 2015, and, and I'm going to share with three people, and God, I'm trusting that you're going to lead me to your truth, and I found a Christian, and I talked to him. I said, hey, man, so-and-so happened, and you know what he told me, first lady? He said, that's fine, man. You can smoke all the weed you want. It doesn't matter what you do. God died for you, so you can sin. It doesn't matter. God already died for you. 
And I was like, oh, man, that, that doesn't feel right. I talked to a Muslim bishop. I couldn't believe this. The Muslim's like, whoa, you need to stop all that sinning you're doing. You need to pick up a Quran. You need to do the Ramadan fast. Around that time, the Ramadan fast was happening. And you need to call on Allah. And I picked up a Quran, church, and, and I was doing the Ramadan fast. But every time I opened that book, it just felt dead. It felt lifeless. And I was like, man, this can't be right. Then I talked to an atheist. God is so good. I talked to an atheist and said, hey, man, this is what happened to me. And he's like, whoa. That is crazy. You need to talk to this guy named John. I was like, John? He said, yes. Yes, John. Remember the skater kid? Uh, you know, John in high school? I was like, John Sferlaza? John Sferlaza? He said, yes. Call John. Share with him what happened. Because there's some things that you shared is similar to what happened to him in the night where he found God. I was in California at the time. I smoked weed one time with our now youth pastor, Pastor Spalaza, and he literally just got paid. He just got a new job. He just finally got paid. He just got his phone turned back on. The first person he called was his now wife, Sister Christine, and shortly after, his phone rings, and it's me over the phone. And I say, John, hey, man, it's Naeem. Hey, what's going on? Nothing, man. Hey, I need to talk to you. The Bible says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. There's something powerful about what you have been through. There's something powerful about what God has allowed to let happen in your life. That when you share it, there could be deliverance. There could be freedom. There could be people that can get turned away from their sin, from their lack of hope. And I shared with him what happened. And he says, whoa, Naeem. He says, you need to be baptized. No, he says, you need to repent, but, but it sounds like you're already doing that, but you need to be baptized. It's like, he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. And he, has, and he started teaching me Bible study, and, but I was a little bit more inquisitive. And Bishop, I didn't trust people, so he's teaching me a Bible study over the phone, and he doesn't know what to do. And then he calls up his mentor, Mr. Steve. Mr. Steve, I have this friend in, in California, and he's hungry, and I don't know what to answer him, and I don't know what to do, but can you help us? Can you get on the phone? And Mr. Steve gets on the phone and he starts teaching me things. And at the time, Bishop, all I had was a Jehovah Witness Bible. So he would tell me to turn to a scripture and I would open it up and it wasn't there. And that scared me. It's like, I thought all Bibles were the same. But, but the columns, I thought, I thought all churches were they're pretty much the same. And, and it scared me that I had a book that was tainted. It scared me that I had a book uh, that didn't have the scriptures he was turning me to. And, and I got a new Bible. And he, he at the time, though, I actually I didn't get a new Bible. And Brother Steve had to work with what he could work with. And he, he, he said, okay, turn to this scripture and, and turn to that scripture. And he showed me that Jesus Christ is God Almighty. And when I saw it, church. I said, when I saw it, I said, I knew this. Uh, I believe this. Uh, how come nobody told me this? And God started talking to me. God's, I mean, I, I, I was scared. I, I couldn't sleep. I, I didn't know what was going to happen. And, and God, before I even got the Holy Ghost, God took weed away from my life instantly. Like, I, I remember one time I went to go smoke, and, 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 and I, I, it's like I heard God, I don't know, Bishop, maybe it was just my mind, but he says, what are you doing? And I says, I just need to sleep. I can't sleep. I need to sleep. And he says, ask me for rest. 
And that moment, I put it down and I never touched weed again. And, and on my journey, God, amen, somebody, God can deliver you. God can deliver you, amen. He's able to do it. He's able to take it away from you. Amen, somebody. I'm talking about a little kid that prayed at six and seven years old. God, if you're real, I want to see you. And at 20 years old, in April 19th, God showed me, God showed me that he's alive, that he's real, that he's there. So I started seeing 239 everywhere. I grew up in Lehigh, right? And um, I started praying to God, if you want me to go back home, I'll go back, just keep sending these signs. And, and Bishop, just like the, the stargazers in, in Matthew, that, that God showed them a way to Jesus, I, I believe that God will use anything, but after you get to him, he's, he's going to have you go a different way. He, he's going to teach you through the word of God and the man of God. I'm not saying, church, to listen to signs and numbers, but I'm going to tell you what happened to me that brought me to the Rock Church. I started seeing 239 everywhere, Bishop. I mean, someone was sending me a YouTube video. It's two minutes and 39 seconds long. I'm playing this, this game, and I'm fighting this monster, and it usually hits only even numbers, and, and I'm hitting 239, and I'm like, God, if you want me to go back, I'll go back. And I called my grandmother, and I said, I don't know, but there's a church there's a church in Fort Myers back home, Grandma, and, and I dropped out of college, and I have no money. I spent it all on drugs and alcohol, and could you please just buy me an airplane ticket to get back, a one-way ticket to Fort Myers, and she did. She paid $239 for that ticket. So when I saw that, I said, like, man, God is good. It was July 10th, I flew into Fort Myers, John found me. I don't know if he picked me up from the airport or not. I can't remember. But we were at his house, and the 12th was church service, July 12th. And we go to church, and, and if, if Bishop, that worship that I was worshiping in California, Pittsburgh, on April 19th, there were people here out worshiping me that I worshiped. And it felt so good to come in this church. It felt so good for people that were set free to lift up their hands, uh, to shout out to God, uh, to run the aisles. Uh, we were in a small building, and, and the AC was wasn't even there I felt like but but it didn't matter because people were hungry for God but I, man I I got this far and and people were asking me why you're in California that's the best place to be what, what do you mean you're going back to go to church uh, you're not even 21 years old yet you need to you need to get dirty first uh, you need to make sure that you can do all these other things don't go to church now uh, you're only 20 years old uh, you need to sleep with more people uh, you need to go to the clubs uh, you need to do more drugs uh, you need to I couldn't I didn't get baptized that day I was I'll be real I was a little nervous okay and then that week, I, I'm going to be real, I, I don't know about that speaking in tongues stuff. I was like, I don't, that's not me. Like, I don't, my, my parents told me, my, my grandparents told me that any church that does that, that's of the devil. And I kind of stared away from people like that. And in the movies, they always make fun of people that speak in tongues. So I figured if the movies were making fun of me, that that's something I need to stay away from, right? And, and I get a call from Sister Ilamise Alexandre. I remember, she calls me. She said, hey, you came to church. How was everything? How did you like it? And I explained to her, oh, I loved it, but, you know, I'm not, I want to get baptized, but I don't know about speaking in tongues. And she goes, don't worry, you, you submit to God, you get baptized, and God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. 
Amen, somebody. Anybody thankful for call ministry? Our guests and visitors, they get called, they get letters, and I'm telling you, Bishop, if maybe you thought or felt that it wasn't good, I'm telling you, it reached me. I'm telling you, it brought me to a place where, you know what? I'm gonna come back next Sunday. And I came back next Sunday. Mr. Steve's car broke down. Couldn't pick me up. I'm in deep Lehigh, all right? Like deep. So someone was supposed to pick me up, but they couldn't. And you know, you guys remember Mr. Steve's car. It was a blue truck, right? That thing. <laughs> Whew. Anyways. Yeah, every time we go, that, that, that whole seat will put you all the way back, man. It wasn't even screwed in, man. Seatbelts, what? We need to put a seatbelt over this, this seat right now, man. It's ridiculous. But someone was supposed to pick me up, and, and temptation came my way, but I was like, I need God. And I came to church that night. I, I, he... I don't know, put some water in his uh, coolant radiator. I don't know what he did, but he made it work. Prayed over in Jesus' name. Brother Steve brought me to the church Sunday night. And Bishop, I don't know if there was preaching. I don't know if, if we even got to worship. All I know is I said I needed to get baptized. And when I got baptized... Brother Steve baptized me, and I came out the water, and I spoke in tongues, and I felt so light, and I felt so fresh, and I felt so clean, and I just know that this was the thing I've been waiting for my whole life. I've said, there was a six or seven-year-old boy that prayed, God, I don't believe you. Young people, it's okay if you doubt God. It's okay if you don't believe he's there. Just talk to him. Be real with him, and he will answer your prayers. I would love to say that from that day, everything was perfect. It wasn't, but I know that my God is gracious. Amen. I know that my God is merciful. I know that my God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. The only thing, I was the only one living for God. And six months later, my sister came. And a few months later, my dad came. And God mended a relationship to where I hated my father, to where I wish he was dead, to where I wish that he never was alive. And I talked to him every week. I'm telling some families right now, if you have hurt in your family, if you have things in your family that you feel that's impossible, the Holy Ghost uh, can mend your family. The Holy Ghost uh, can mend your marriage. Uh, the Holy Ghost uh, can bring you closer with your father, with your mother, with your brother, with your sister. Let's all come to the front right now. We want to pray for these young kids. We want to pray for them. I know that they're ready to, to go enjoy their fun right now, but there's many children here. They've been through some things. There's been, everybody understands that maybe the girls, they've been through stuff, but there's young boys here that's been through things that they don't know who to talk to. They don't know who to call to. But if we can teach them at a young age to call on the name of the Lord, if we can teach them how to pray, if we can teach them how to seek the face of God, if we can empower them and show them that the Holy Ghost is real, that the Bible is real, that we can hold on to the truth of God. There's no telling the trajectory that can change in their life. There's no telling the people that we have here that could be preachers, that can testify, that can bring other people closer to God. Come on, let us lift our hands right now and talk to them. Jesus, Jesus, I know I didn't believe in you, God. And how faithful you are, Jesus. Uh, when I doubted you, God. Uh, when I mocked you, God. Uh, when I thought that this was not the life for me, God. Uh, your mercy.
mercy, your grace, uh, your mercy is everlasting, God. Oh, come on, somebody. Come on. Uh, he's our loving father. Uh, come on. Uh, he loves you. Uh, he wants you closer with him. Uh, he wants you to be closer to him. Uh, he wants to change uh, your course of your life. Uh, come on. People don't see hope in you. Uh, people think that you're going to follow the footsteps of your father. Follow the footsteps of your mother. Uh, but if you call on the name of Jesus. You are the soul. Somebody, come on, let's lift our hands. There's people here. We ought to pray for them. Uh, don't get, don't get scared right now. Uh, maybe you feel like those kids are praying all week. Uh, the kids, uh, they weren't praying until we kept praying. Uh, and as we kept praying, uh, chains broke. Uh, chains broke. Uh, walls fell. Uh, the Holy Ghost fell. Uh, people got filled. Uh, have faith right now. Uh, if you have a testimony, come to the front. Uh, pray for each other. Pray for people right now.
said, don't be afraid to shed those tears. He loves those tears. Go ahead.